0: Hallelujah. I'm excited about going on another week. <clears throat> Sometimes evangelists have to carve out a niche and give it their best shot for a couple weeks, but I just believe we're just scratching the surface of what God's wanting to do around here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah so thankful for the move of God that we've experienced but there's so much more that God wants to do glad for all of our friends and those that we visited today to be with us hallelujah numbers chapter 13 begin reading in verse 1 we're gonna skip through here a little bit and just put a framework together and so if you don't have the Bible in front of you please feel free look on with somebody else numbers 13 <clears throat> and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel of every tribe of their fathers. Shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them? Skipping over to verse 17. <clears throat> and Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, and said unto them, Get you up this way southward and go up into the mountain, and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many. And what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, what the cities they be that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds. And what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not, and be ye of good courage, and bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. Skipping down to verse 23. <clears throat> and they came under the brook of Eshol and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes and they bear it between two upon a staff. And they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. The place was called the brook Eshol. Because of the cluster of grapes which the children of Israel cut down from thence." Skipping down to verse 27. Now the storyline is as follows. The Lord had commanded there were were spies be sent, one out of every tribe. They were given their instructions and now they have returned with their report. Verse 27, And they told Him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest, and surely it floweth with milk and honey and this is the fruit of it skipping down to verse 30 and Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it but the men that went up with him said we be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we and they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched under the children of Israel now notice There was 12 men sent among hundreds of thousands of people, potentially millions. And this is the report that they gave and put hundreds of thousands of potentially millions of people in the balance. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched under the children of Israel, saying the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight." If you would endure with me, please go to chapter 14, just a several portions of Scripture there. Beginning in verse 1. Now this is a result of the evil report that was brought to them. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. Hallelujah. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God that we had died in this wilderness. And wherefore has the Lord brought us into this land, to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return? into Egypt. All the congregation wept and spewed their garbage out in the face of a holy God because of the evil report of 10 men. Hallelujah. Skipping on down to verse 8, Joshua, one of the 12 spies, steps up and begins to say his peace. If the Lord delight in us, then He will bring us into this land and give it unto us a land which floweth with milk and honey. Skipping over to verse 22, this is what the Lord says, Because all those men which have seen My glory and My miracles which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, have tempted Me now these ten times and have not hearkened to My voice, surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked Me see it. Horrifying situation. A whole congregation, an entire generation of people to perish, because they listen to ten voices. Skipping over to Psalms. Appreciate your patience in standing. You'll you'll be sitting down and I'll still be standing. One man said when you tell a congregation to be seated that those are the greatest words in Pentecost. I don't think so, but it's kind of cute. Psalms 34. One verse of Scripture in verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in Him. The message I'm to preach to you tonight? The appetite that brings victory. The appetite that brings victory. Father we stand in Your awesome presence tonight. God we are believing You to touch every heart and every mind with the power of Your Word. The Word of God says that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Able to divide and sunder between the soul and the spirit. Father, they are they that here tonight that are steeped in the bondage house of sin. God we pray tonight that the power of your spirit bring illumination and liberation to the human soul. We believe it God in the wonderful matchless almighty powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved I believe it, God. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. And everybody say You may be seated only. Ah, not so fast. Give the Lord a hand break. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) You may be seated hallelujah I am told that you are what you eat (laughs) my did we ever more eat this afternoon I'm not gonna say nothing (laughs) and I appreciate the very good saints of this church that have brought food in and taken time out to meet our physical need praise God in this portion of scripture that I read in your hearing tonight It is probably no doubt one of the most powerful portions of Scripture in Israel's rocky history. We can read with the inception of the calling out of Abraham out of the ear of the Chaldees in Genesis 12. The God's calling and God's promises through the loins of one man. We can find the topsy-turvy history of a people that were tossed to and fro, indelibly etched in holy writ. And so we see, in Numbers chapter 13, a very grim picture indeed. We see where a group of people had come under the intoxication of the negative. Their perspective of themselves was one that was not correct. This glass of water is either three quarters full, or it's one quarter empty. The choice is yours. And that decision that you make will shape your attitude, because attitude is a direct result of perspective hallelujah and so your perspective tonight is either one of hope or it's one of condemnation if you came in here in the, under the dark blanket cloud of depression you're in a place where is a magnitude of hope joy and peace and the love of God hallelujah hallelujah and so as God began to form his people from the loins of Abraham We see that the history begins to unfold with His sons. We see that with His sons comes bondage in the land of Egypt. You don't get too far into the Word of God before you find out that the nation of Egypt was the taskmaster and the ruler over God's people. Hallelujah. And their cry had gone up before their God. There are people that are sitting in the midst of these walls tonight that your cry on your bed with tears streaming down your face has come up before a God and that's why you're sitting in the house of illumination tonight I pray that your heart and mind is open to what this pulpit is going to espouse for it will liberate surely if you can grasp and believe with all your mind heart and soul praise God and so we see as we will look further on here as God brought Israel out from the taskmaster Egypt which is always typified of sin and bondage. God by His mighty hand brought them out, spread the waters, pushed them back and they walked by on dry shod. And once on the other side they had a celebration time. Miriam grabbed a tabernine, and boy they evermore had a time just like happened around here. Friend of mine if you're a Christian and you've walked through the Red Sea and seen your enemies buried it's time to rejoice. But the problem in our world is, the denominational world still in Egypt. Oh yeah, the temple court can provide the magicians and do the little charismatic miracles, but there's no deliverance, there's no coming out, there's no leaving sin, there's no departing from Egypt where your enemies are buried by baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus. And frankly, I'm sick and tired of seeing them get a garner of a, a ripening of our world when we as apostolics can lead them into the greatest illumination man has ever known. But the hour belongs unto us. Hallelujah. And so we see as Israel was marching through the wilderness and unto Sinai, God going forth as a cloud by day and a flaming fire by night, that He led them to this particular place called Kadesh Barnea. And it was at this place that was do or die. Every child of God, every human being, every man or woman that has a sound mind will come to their place of choice. Pilate had his, Judas had his, and you will have yours. The children of Israel had come to this place, and God as we read out here commanded that there be spies sent. Listen once again as I read to you the commission and the instructions that they had before they were to go up. And Moses said to them to spy out the land, hallelujah, and said unto them, Get you up this way southward and go up into the mountain and see the land and what it is and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong, weak, few, or many, and what the land is that they dwell in whether it be good or bad, and what the cities they be that dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds, and what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be good wood therein or not, and be of good courage, and bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. The instruction boiled down to this, that they were to do three things. Hallelujah. They were to observe the type of land that it is they were to observe the type of people that were there and they were to observe the type of cities but they had a physical commandment that they were to do and that was to bring back the fruit of the land hallelujah it was the only physical evidence that God had actually commanded them to do he said go and see it just take a detailed report Observe what's happening over there don't get any rash judgments, don't uh, jump out of your socks, don't do anything rash, but I want you to bring back a sample of the fruit of the land. Hallelujah. But I believe that God allowed their hearts to be capricious and to be swayed in any which way that their perspective would guide so that he could really find out who had it and didn't have it. And I hope tonight that you really got it so that you can go in and possess the land of your life hallelujah 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 and so they return hallelujah and this is what they said hallelujah and they told him and said we came unto the land whither thou sent us and surely it floweth with milk and honey you see that promise that God had given Israel to lead them into a land of milk and honey had a very powerful importance and I'll bring that to your understanding as this unfolds tonight but they started out on good footing with this testimony they started out in truth because they surely did say that it flows with milk and honey and alas here are the grapes the first fruit which is the proof of it but they went on to begin to say they went beyond the tip of the iceberg and began to give their darkened understanding of what they saw over there and listen to this nevertheless that's a problem some of you want to go on where God puts a period some of you want to go on where God put a period or a semicolon everybody wants to add on to it God it's a great life but God it sounds too good but God it sounds great that I could go to heaven but hallelujah they brought up an evil report because they put a but nevertheless the people be strong And the cities are walled and very great. And moreover we saw the children of Anak. The children of Anak were giants. I'm told that they were as tall as 18 feet high. Hallelujah. They were odd creatures. They were warped creatures. They were perversions of humanity. But they saw them. They were there. They also went on to say the Amalekites were there. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites. All the enemies that they could possibly dream up. All the enemies that that no doubt God could pile together in one little piece of terra firma were there. And they brought it back before the congregation. But Caleb stilled all the people. One of the spies jumped up and said, wait a minute. Wait a minute, this is sounding too negative. He said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Hallelujah. You get someone with a bad spirit, and there'll always be a bill, jump up and say, wait a minute. God's done it for me. He'll do it for anybody. You get somebody from out here in the denominal world to say, well, God don't really move like that anymore, preacher. And you get one of these guys over here to say, get out of the way. You got an evil report. Well, we just don't worship like that. Why don't you get in the book and be a true witness? God hates a false witness. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. But the men that went up with him got up against in his face and said, We be not able to go up against the people for they're stronger than we. You see, they had never developed and put two and two together of what had happened in the last three months of their lives. Hallelujah. Every day, every day, every day, the fowls of the air had picked their brains and stole the precious memories that God was trying to build. And that's what he'll do to you tonight is steal the word of God out of your heart even while you sit here. O shall have micaiah i curse that spirit get out of here in jesus name And the Bible says that these spies were wicked. They brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched under the children of Israel. God didn't deny that the enemy was there. God didn't deny that there were giants in the land. God didn't deny that they had walled cities. God didn't deny that it might be hard. But God proclaimed, you brought forth an evil report because you influenced others by your negativity. Oh, child of God, get your nose in this book and find out who you are. If you know who you are, you don't have a right to let your chin drag on the ground. It's a false witness. I feel a check right there. Now I've had to get out the monkey wrenches and the monkey bars and the jacks around here the last week because God's been trying to move some of you. But I'm here to tell you, if you'll get a hold of what I'm trying to get across tonight, you'll have victory in your craw in this revival! Hallelujah. Hallelujah! And the evil report finished up with this. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak which come of the Giants and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers and so we were in their sight you know what they were doing they were not only saying hey we were teeny weeny in our own sight but even they looked at us and said we're teeny weeny their perspective of themselves had totally come from the other camp hallelujah God had been trying to get across to you guys you're my people your perspective is godly but their perspective was fleshly Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody say praise the, praise the Lord. And because they did not believe the good report, even though it was only twenty percent, God judged a nation for believing the eighty percent. And this is what he said. Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times that have not hearkened to my voice, surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoke me see it. Ten times God had allowed Himself to be slandered. Ten times the holiness of God had been challenged. Ten times a righteous, loving, all-powerful, all-seeing, omniscient, omnipresent, ubiquitous, omnisapient, almighty God had put up with frail humanity, but He'd had enough. What were the ten times that added up on God's calculator? The very first time was they murmured at the Red Sea. They had enough faith to get out of Egypt. And here they were, up against the Red Sea, with Pharaoh's army coming after them. And they looked unto Moses, and they challenged Moses, and they challenged God. This was the first murmuring that called God's attention to this. Hallelujah. The second murmur was the complaining for water at Marah, and the water was bitter, and God commanded to put a branch in it to make it pure. And if you've got the cross in your murky waters, it's pure. If you're not under the blood, you're fouled. But if you've got the bitter water cleansed by the power of the cross, you're clean. Hallelujah. They murmured again in Exodus 16 for flesh and bread and this is what they said can you believe this after God buried their enemies in water this is what they said on the other side would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to the full for you have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly as soon as there was no drop of water for their parched tongue as soon as there was no meat for their belly they began to long for Egypt they began to long for the onions and the leeks and the garlic of that sinful place called Egypt and friend of mine if you're not full of the Holy Ghost walking in the halls of faith then you're gonna long for what's out there cuz you ain't got it your appetite's wrong The fourth time that it came up before a holy God was when they disobeyed in the way that they gathered manna. Because of their complaining for food, their complaining for meat, God rained forth manna and God brought forth quail. Hallelujah. And they disobeyed God in the way that it was supposed to be gathered. It wasn't one thing, it was always another with these people. Hallelujah. They were to gather a daily usage in a day. And if it sat overnight, they were supposed to eat everything they gathered. For if it sat out overnight, it spoiled and got worms. Hallelujah. That's a type, friend of mine, saying to God, whoever you are, you need the Word of God fresh every day. Because you'll lose it. You'll lose the nutrition God's trying to put in your soul. Get in it every day. Get Get in it. Get in it. Get in it. some of this is over your head stick with me hallelujah the fifth time was that they complained for water. They murmured unto Moses and said, Has thou brought us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? You got to get what I'm saying here tonight. If it wasn't meat, it was water. If it wasn't water, it was meat. Or if it wasn't meat, it was water. And they were always falling back on the memory of Egypt and what they longed for in Egypt because their appetite was wrong. God gave them water of a rock and the Bible says in 1st Corinthians 10 that that rock was Christ. Hallelujah. They also made a golden calf which represented the idolatry of Egypt for the Egyptians considered the bull to be sacred. Hallelujah. I find it ironic that later on in the Word of God that the Jews considered to be cattle and the calf a main source of meat. Food. They also complained before the Lord in Numbers chapter 11. It was just a general griping and complaining. And God sent out a fire to scorch them then they complained against for flesh and this is what they said who shall give us flesh to eat we remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic and they went on to complain about the manna they were not satisfied with what God provided they were not satisfied with the power and the potential of where they were headed their mind was on their stomach their mind was on their flesh and they didn't have the Word of God in their heart I'll put your hand before the Lord. Let's put our hands together. Hallelujah. 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 And here we are. At Kadesh Baniya. When they had tempted the Lord the tenth time. With an evil report. What's striking to me. As I go through here is when the nation of Israel came to Sinai. God gave them the Ten Commandments and gave them a list of laws and bylaws. God said in Deuteronomy chapter 8, He says, Man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord does man live. But Israel did not hearken. Israel was a griping bunch. Israel was a people that walked by the lust of their own belly. Israel was a people that could not withstand the little bit of uh, problems that may have came with traveling as a group. They only thought of themselves. They only thought of their own lust and their own hunger. And through their murmuring and through their crying God said okay you ask for it, here it is. In one place that they asked for quail God gave them quail as much as a day's journey away all around the camp of Israel to satisfy their complaining murmuring hearts. And all the while God had already commanded that you don't live by meat alone you don't eat by, you don't live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of my mouth hallelujah hallelujah god's use of food has a very significant approach in the word of god hallelujah God's use of food in Numbers chapter 13 was to prompt Israel to adopt a better appetite. Because the things that Canaan would promise would be that which is a type of life in the Holy Ghost. The appetites of men, food has always been a source of trouble to man. In Genesis chapter 3 after God had made provision for man all the fruit of the Garden of Eden or anything that was pleasant to man's eye with the exception of one tree Man could take the fruit thereof, man could have freedom, man could have liberty, man could eat anything he wants. But because there was enticement and there was sin, and there was a sin between man and God, Eve saw and she took of the fruit and did eat, and gave to Adam her husband and he did eat, and there was immediate consequences between them and God. Genesis chapter 12, after being called out of Ur of the Chaldees, Abraham, because there was famine in the land, he lied to Ahimelech, who was the king of Egypt, and said that Sarah was only his half-sister, only to get refreshment for his parched tongue, and lost his testimony in Egypt. But can you believe that because he was motivated, because there was no water, that he went right back to the place where he was before he went into Egypt, and this time he built an altar. You'll always do well, my friend, to build an altar before being led of the flesh because if you're led of the flesh and led of your own gut you'll always be led down the primrose path of failure and deceit hallelujah Esau lost his birthright over a bowl of pottage because his hunger pangs were, were stranger than his judgment. There's some of you tonight that have traded your bowl of pottage for the greatest thing that the king has for you because you become hardened in your heart. You become indifferent to the move of God and the preaching of God's word. I want to tell you tonight, you need to take a fresh look of where God wants to lead you or do you want to die in the wilderness because of unbelief? there's some that don't believe this preaching is relative. Paul said these things are written for an example that you shouldn't lust as they lusted. Hallelujah. Because there was famine in the land Jacob sent his sons one by one to Egypt only to eventually discover that the guy that had the keys to the corn crib was his own son which was a type of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that leads us back to our setting with Israel hallelujah you see the promise of a land flowing with milk and honey is a promise that never ends it has no bottom to it milk and honey were the precious nutrients that the body so desperately craves that Egypt could not produce and so this was the carrot dangling before the face of the donkey if you please that God was had this promise always in the back of Egypt or Israel's mind you just, you just believe me. I'm leading you somewhere. I'm leading you somewhere. I'm taking you somewhere. And where I'm taking you there's a land that flows with milk and honey. But there's so many Christians in our world today, There's so many people in our world today that are led by the lust of the flesh. They would rather have a bowl of pottage than to hang out and stick with God when there's a spiritual move so deep you can't touch bottom. But we can't deal with a 20th century Christian. Many of us can't take hard preaching. Many of us have to have a revival that conforms to a weekly, nightly schedule. Some of us have to have a prayer meeting that coexists with a family night at the dinner table and many other things. We live in an affluent sci- society. I didn't see anybody walking here barefoot tonight. I didn't see anybody come in here half naked. We're all clothed. We're all in our right mind. And if you're a Christian, God's leading you somewhere. God's leading you to a better place. God's leading you to a place that flows with milk and honey. Hallelujah! 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 And so Paul picks up the gauntlet that was dropped down through time, puts it on, and begins to write in 1 Corinthians ten. Please listen. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant. And I want some of you to get this. I'm feeling some resistance, I want to tell some of you something. Jesus Christ went in the synagogue one day and began to preach in the power of the Holy Ghost. And there was a man that stood up in that synagogue and said, leave us alone. You want to know something, friend? The devil loves to come to church. The devil hates the Word of God. The devil hates a move of God. The devil hates the anointing. The devil hates apostolics. The devil hates true worshippers. The devil hates people of action. The devil hates people that will pray. The devil hates people that will fast. The devil hates people that love the book. Hallelujah. Paul is writing to Corinthians that were ex-adulters, ex-homosexuals, ex-fornicators, ex-liars, ex-cheaters, stealers, you name it. And this is what he wrote to them. The church of Corinth, probably the greatest epistle that is typified of our day today. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea, typifying of what happened when God called out Israel, passing through the Red Sea and out of the bondage of sin, and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did eat all the same spiritual meat, and did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ, but with many of them God was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness hallelujah hallelujah now these things were written as our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted can you believe that their belly and their flesh led them through the wilderness it wasn't the Word of God it wasn't the promises of milk and honey it was the lust of the flesh it was idolatry it was murmuring Paul says, Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. You need to know something my friend. You need to get your appetite on spiritual things. You need to get out all this physical junk and get into the Holy Ghost and find out how sweet and glorious and powerful and rich it is, but some of you are carnal. Some of you are fleshly. Some of you are out of a cardboard box. You need to get in a prayer meeting and let God baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. You're dying in the wilderness. That's Bible. Bible. Some of you talk about the preacher. Some of you talk about saints. Some of you complain about everybody else. Some of you complain about the preaching. Some of you don't like church. Some of you complain about parking. Some of you complain about everything. You're a murmur and a complainer. Why? Why? Because you ain't interested in spiritual food. You're a slow belly. hallelujah Jesus believed in feeding the hungry don't get me wrong I'm not against food tonight But I want you to understand that every time God was bringing Israel through eight times out of ten their problem was we ain't got nothing to eat we ain't got nothing to drink But all the while God had promised a man by the name of Abraham and it trickled like a thread through time that I'm leading you to a land that flows with milk and honey. And the spies even recognized that is the land. That is the land he said it was. But one generation blew it for everybody. Hallelujah. Other examples where Jesus believed in feeding the hungry. He turned water into wine. It was the first miracle He ever performed. He fed five thousands with five loaves and two fishes. He ate frequently with publicans and sinners. He fed another 4,000 with seven loaves and a few fishes. Jesus in the wilderness told Satan, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Because you see, Jesus in the wilderness fulfilled what Egypt blew. Egypt was supposed to stand on the same scriptures that Jesus quoted the devil in Matthew 4. Because it's Sinai, God told Israel, Bread is not going to do the job, but every word is. And God told them, You shall not serve other gods. God, but me only Jesus established what they blew in the wilderness and if you're not in the Word of God you won't make it you've got to have a greater appetite you've got to have an appetite of the spiritual listen closely hallelujah John chapter 6 verse 41 says this the Jews then murmured at Jesus because he said I am the bread which comes down from heaven are you getting that the Jews murmured every time that there was a need for bread in the Old Testament when Israel was coming through the wilderness what they do they murmured and here they were looking at the bread of life and the Jews are still murmuring to a God that wasn't listening Jesus therefore answered and said murmur not among yourselves I am the bread of life if you're hungry for the spiritual things if you've got an appetite that will take you out of this world you're in the right place tonight but if you want to just feed your belly and play church and go through the motions you're in the wrong place you're in the wilderness tonight find out where you're at jesus said i am the bread of life your fathers did eat man in the wilderness and are dead this is the bread which comes down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die oh i want a piece of that bread i want a piece of the action tonight i want that which gives life some of you are dead some of you are lifeless some of you are withered but jesus gives life my god if you got any life can you stand to your feet and praise god If you've got any life at all, worship the bread of life. Take a bite out of the bread of life. Israel blew it. They didn't believe God's perspective of food. You may be seated. He said, I am the living bread. Which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Are you starting to put this together tonight? We're all on a journey, we're going to the promised land and whatever your appetites are will lead you and guide you either to life eternal and the bread of life or it will lead you to murmur and complain and drag your feet and gripe and grope for a light switch what ain't there unless you fall to your feet and call on the name of Jesus which is the bread of life my God I hope I get through to some of you because your chances are dwindling Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, of a truth, of a truth, I say unto you, except you eat of this flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. You see, they that are caught up in the flesh and are into sex and T-bone steaks and doing all the things that the world do, your appetite is not heavenly. Your appetite is not what Jesus is trying to bring the attention to. He's saying, if you get a hold of me, friend, if you take a bite, if you get a drink of me, you'll live forever. Where are you on this journey? He that eateth my flesh, and drinketh my blood, dwelleth in me, and I in him. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna. Not as your fathers did eat manna, and are dead. He that eateth of this bread, shall live forever. the reason that some of this is flying right over some of our heads is we don't understand eternity we live in an America we live in a land of plenty we live in the land of the quick fix band-aid jobs you guess it I'm coming over to shake your hand God bless you but I want to tell you something the reason that many of us don't have a concept of the reality of eternity is because we're impatient. We live in America. Instant hamburgers, instant guitar strings, instant sex, instant cure, instant clothing, instant money, ATMs, Winchell's Donuts, McDonald's hamburgers, uh, the health clinic down on the corner that'll fix every ill, sexually or otherwise. I'm here to tell you, you need to understand eternity's forever. But old David said, oh, taste and see. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Forget all that junk. Forget all your problems. Let Jesus worry about it. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste the living bread. Taste the living water. Taste it. Taste it. Taste it. it. Hallelujah. Drinking wine was a big part of Jewish living. There's some phenomenal wackos that think you can drink wine any old time you want because Paul talked about it and Jesus did it. What a bunch of goofs. I tell you. Hallelujah. Wine is always typified about the Holy Ghost. This is probably the most graphic example of this is on the day of Pentecost when Jesus had already ascended, told him to go back to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father and the Holy Ghost came upon them and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance and as they came out of that upper room and began to have a Holy Ghost hoedown like you saw in here tonight this is of old friend this just ain't out of the box and just instant water for a bunch of wackos that couldn't make it out there this is the bread of life this is the wine from Joel's place this is from the Ancient of Days this is from the the foundations of the world God loves these wackos Problem is, some of you are so afraid of what everybody's going to think, you can't break out of your own prison cell. These people have been liberated. They care what God thinks more than what man thinks. Their old belly has been put under subjection by the Holy Ghost. And there were critics that said, Hey, these guys were, were in the Holy Ghost, man, just like you guys tonight. And somebody came in. One of the guys on the street said, Hey, these men are full of new wine. But Peter stood up with the eleven and said, Brethren, these men are not drunken as you suppose, but this is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel hundreds of years earlier, that the Spirit of the Lord would be poured out on all flesh, which is a type of wine. Drink it! Drink it! Drink it! Drink it! Drink it! Paul said, and be not drunk with wine wherein there is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. Some of you have lost your spiritual awareness and you forgot how to get to the feet of Jesus. And I'm telling you, humble yourselves and the Lord will lift you up. Nothing ain't going to happen without pride. You say, I don't feel pride. Do you pray? He said, the kingdom of God is as these little children that are just glad to be in His presence saying, God, I just love you, Father, Abba, Daddy. The problem is your appetites of your carnality and your natural man has brought you to a place where you hate your father. You hate everything in your past because it was natural and not spiritual. natural and not spiritual because the natural man cannot receive the things of the spirit for they are spiritually discerned you can't get it without the holy ghost you know those people in israel can you believe that after seeing the stuff they had seen if god didn't just get it up there and get the bottle just up there right and just didn't just didn't give it to them. Just like in a, in the box they wanted. They even complained about manna. I'm told that manna was was a little tiny white like coriander seed. And I'm told that it tastes like whatever you wanted to taste. I don't know if that's true or not. But they complained. They complained. They didn't like this. They weren't in the move of the vision. They had no vision. They had no perspective. They didn't know where they were going. They wanted to go back, cause their appetites were on the back. You ain't going to enjoy living for God until you crucify your flesh. Until you move this perspective that you have to live for God out of fear. Because the higher life that Jesus Christ purports and presents to humanity is love. Paul said the greatest of these is love. Some of us have a problem with this because we're living under a form of the law. We don't understand that you're in the dispensation of grace. Just pick yourself up and live for God and ask him to forgive you. Go on and be a player, be an overcomer, not by what you've done, but by the power of his blood and the word of your testimony. Some of you don't enjoy living for God because you've never prayed any longer than 15 minutes. You don't know about the glory that's in the closet of prayer and the special relationship between an almighty God and his child. And then you bother the pastor and you bother other saints and you get in the way of a revival that's a dangerous position. There's some saints that are so small, all you want to do is miss hell. And so the pastor has to constantly prod and move to try to keep a boundary around you so you'll stay in. But we're entering a period of time. The writer of Hebrews said it best, those things which are shaken, just leave. That those which cannot be shaken may remain. In this end time, friend, you're going to have to have an appetite for the glory. Because the glory of God is what God put in you through the Holy Ghost. That's only the beginning of its work. You see, the human life, listen closely. A saint of God, once filled with the Holy Ghost, is a type of life in Canaan land. Crossing the Jordan and going into Canaan land is a type of living in the Spirit. There's giants in there. There's enemies in there. And God has already given you the promise. You just obey my word. Don't fear. Don't be discouraged. I'll do the fighting. But some of you don't even want to possess your land. You want to go back to Egypt because you've lost the glory. Lost the concept. Oh, taste the Lord and see that He is good. Part of our problem is, we forgot how to taste. Pride. Jesus said, I have meat to eat that you know not of. John chapter 4, Jesus must needs go through Samaria. He had an engagement with a Samarian woman. And his disciples had gone off to McDonald's, come back to Jesus and said, hey, you hungry? He said, I have meat to eat that you know not of. They weren't on the same wavelength. They were of the same wavelength that their forefathers were. Jesus said, My meat is to do the will of Him that sent me, and to finish His work. What's your meat tonight? What's your appetites hung up on? You've got to have appetites. You're clothed. You're in your right mind. You've eaten today. What are your appetites? Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For Him has God the Father sealed. Oh, taste the Lord and see that He is good. That's okay. Let's pray. Hallelujah. We need to pray. We need to pray for people tonight that are in the balance. Hallelujah. You used to desire the sincere milk of the word, but you've changed your appetites. The leeks and the onions and the garlics are a representation of foods that are odorous and tasty, that are back in sin. The things that beset you, you have not laid down. The sin that so easily gets a hold of you, you've not come up against it. You're still enticed by Egypt. Where are your appetites? Paul said the kingdom of God is not meat and drink but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the appetite of every spirit-filled Christian. It's not meat. It's not drink. It's in the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Oh, taste and see. Oh, taste and see. Oh, taste and see that the Lord, He is good. I know it's a struggle, friend. Some of you are in a life tonight that if you don't totally give your life to God, it's doubtful that you ever will live for God. Matter of fact, it's an impossibility. The only thing that really keeps us coming to church is that we get scared to death to pray every night. That's not relationship. That's not even conviction. The Holy Ghost uses conviction. That's condemnation. God don't bring condemnation. I need to say that again. God don't condemn you. God convicts. But some of you have stepped on the voice of conviction so long that you have to have fear. All the time, because it's the only thing that leads you down the little corral into what you think is eternal life. But I'm here to tell you every man will be held accountable to his appetite, to what he considers to be worthy of his attention. Is it Holy Ghost, or is it meat and drink? Is it Egypt, or is it God's kingdom? I know it's tough. There's much to endure in this day and age. The devil's getting in in people's lives younger and younger and younger. They're coming out of the woodwork. The people that have been molested as children, they're coming out of the woodwork. There's books written by them. The Jackson girls. Probably Michael Jackson. He looks like a woman. Oh, I'm sure someone will run out of here and go tell him. I'll probably get sued. No, he ain't worried about me. There's 250 million Americans that thinks he looks like a woman, too. That should tell you how warped we're at and where the appetite of Egypt is. I'm glad I'm in a place where the wine flows, and the honey flows, and the milk flows, and there's no shortage of meat, and God's arm is not shortened to deliver me and put me back together when I fall. But the concept of appetite is so profound and so powerful to an almighty God that at the end of time, they that are part of the bride will be ushered into the greatest feast that ever existed. And you'll get them up to a table, the marriage supper of the Lamb, and God will say, well done, now it's time to eat, now it's time to eat. You get to eat, you get to satisfy every appetite, because it'll be right. Let's stand. I'm going to ask that nobody prays right now. I don't want no music right now either. I'm going to tell you why. Now, this good pastor straightened me out. I'll tell you what, this guy is my pastor while I'm here, and I listen to this man. But in the revivals that I have preached... Sometimes I think that music is a distraction. And people that don't want to let conviction move a little closer have a tendency to slip out when the organ swells. Uh Uh-huh. I want this to go a little deeper tonight. I'd like every eye closed and every head bowed. what are your appetites tonight sir what are your appetites ma'am you say well I don't do any of that stuff they do out there would you believe if I told you that most of the junks going out there is just symptoms of a deeper problem the problem really is sin and man's attempt to cover up the big hole that exists inside his life maybe you don't drink Maybe you don't smoke. Maybe you weren't hooked on drugs like some of these here tonight. You're listening to a man tonight that all those things were the least things I did. I had deep, deep, deep problems. Those things were just the things I was covering them up with. Guilt. Anger. I didn't even know I was that angry. It was repressed. It was molten. It was really rage, was a better word to put it. It was hate. Fear. Tomorrow night I'm going to be giving my personal testimony how I was released from the bondage of fear, which is the greatest tool of the enemy existed. But there's some of us here tonight that you're so worried about what everybody else thinks that you can't even be what you think. What that the Bible calls that the fear of man please every eye closed and every head bowed I know if you got children you gotta watch is your appetite godly tonight are you a murmur or a complainer never have enough money never have enough stuff new lamp new carpet New dress. What's the basis of appetite, brother Mayo? Here it is. Jesus said it's not the things that go in a man that defile him. It's not the food and the drink that goes in your body that defiles you. It's the junk that's in your heart that you live after. God is desperately trying to get the attention of some people here tonight. What I fear most about the generation that's coming in today is the fact that they have been desensitized by their pain and their anguish. And they don't know what being real is. They've been so many things that reality does not have a place in their Rolodex file. When you get to R, it's blank. But I'm here to tell you in the Holy Ghost, reality is Jesus Christ. You need to get a hold of Jesus tonight. You need to eat the bread of life. You need to drink the Holy Ghost. You need to get full of the Kingdom of God. Because, see, the Kingdom of God is within you. It's not your godly home, even though that's great. It's not your godly... uh, garments that you wear even though that's great it's not everything you do or say that's great but the kingdom of God is in the inner man you have to ingest Jesus to get into the kingdom of God are you hungry for Jesus are you hungry for the bread of life tonight sir Are you sick and tired of being led by fear and lust, guilt, condemnation that never goes away? You're saying, preacher, you just don't know what problems I'm facing. It it would cause a lot of different problems. You don't understand. Those ain't your problem. Your problem is you're not right with God. Because when you're right with God, the other stuff just doesn't matter. But your perspective of the land is either evil or it's good. I'm opening up this altar to visitors tonight. You're tired of the well-worn footpath of life. You try to live for God. You try to be good. But the condemnation just won't go away. The anger that you feel towards people doesn't seem to dissipate. It goes away one week and sur- it, it just surfaces another week. You're afraid. You're afraid all the time. You're afraid of dying. You're afraid of tomorrow. You're afraid of what others may say or think. You're afraid of the repercussions of your sinful life. Put it in the hands of Jesus. Put it in the hands of the Master. Put it in the hands of the one that can rebuild your life. What are you hungry for tonight? Are you hungry for change? Are you hungry for change? Are you hungry for Egypt? You say, It's not that bad. I I can handle it. Your appetites are wrong. Life hasn't beat you up bad enough yet. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is
1: good. Taste and see
0: that the Lord is good.
1: We'll grow Taste
0: and see that the Lord is
1: in the light of You don't understand how awesome
0: He is. Because to really taste Him and to really know Him, I'm not saying you don't make mistakes. I'm not saying you don't fail. I'm not giving lust to a bunch of stupid sin either. I'm talking about things that happen to all of
1: us.
0: Oh, taste the Lord. Taste the Lord and see for yourself. Quit going on what your preacher says. Quit going on what the TV says. Quit going on what the devil says. And see for yourself that the Lord is God.
1: You're afraid.
0: You're even afraid of God. He's the least of all your peers right now. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, turn. I'm opening up this altar now. Your
1: eyes upon Jesus.
0: I'm opening this altar to they that are hungry for a move of God.
1: Look full in His wonder. God bless you
0: sir i need a couple faithful brothers to work with and
1: the cares of this life
0: are you sick of onions and leeks and garlic maybe you're a visitor tonight from another church what are you hungry for oh taste and see Let Jesus prove himself! Don't believe me if you don't want to! Don't believe anybody if you want to! Some of you get up here and pray with these people who want to be through Hallelujah. There's folks up here tonight that need to walk with God. There's folks that need the Holy Ghost.